0: Hi, I'm Emily Kersey,
1: and I'm Nate Karchner,
0: and you're listening to Good Working Order,
1: a podcast of two professionals and friends on a journey to be their best selves in life and in work.
0: So we're on day one million of quarantine. Um, People on my social media feeds, keep feeling the need to actually count. And I would like everyone to stop counting. That's not, it's not helpful. I don't care if it's been 27 days. I don't care if it's been 1 million days. I just, I want it to be this binary. It's like we're either in quarantine or we're not. And there's no sort of expectation of change. Um, For (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah, pretty
1: much it's. I mean, it's definitely one of those things where I feel like it's been reality for so long. I can't remember a time when I wasn't quarantined. So reminding me just how few days it's been is, it's not helping me.
0: And I don't know if you, you might have a better social life than I do for me. I've noticed that my normal life looked a lot like shelter in place. Cause I worked from my house for four or five years now and I do go out, but I mean, mostly it's to the grocery store. And so I kind of realized like, oh, this is this is just sort of a little bit of like operating as usual, except there's sort of this overlying cloud of non-normalcy.
1: Right. Like everybody else seems a little bit more stressed out. Mm-hmm. For me, um, my wife is like a super, super extrovert. And so our evenings almost always had some kind of social event. So it's been a little weird for me to just sit at home and watch Netflix every night. Um, I'm not saying that I hate it, but it is weird. And then there's also the added fact that because my wife is an extrovert, and I'm now the only person that she has to talk to uh, for a big chunk of the day. And that's, uh, that's also taken some adjustment because I'm used to having a little bit more of my own space. But we're making do. There are worse things. My wife's great. Um, but it is definitely different for me.
0: Yeah. It's, it's funny. Some things are so different. Like for me, I'm still working from the same place. My desk is the same. Um, my husband is now working from home full time. So that's been a really big adjustment of now we're together 24 seven and then we're all in working from the same room of the house. So we're sharing, like we both have desks in our office and we just never happened to be at them at the same time until now. So I don't know for me, quarantine is is weird and it's like I'm sick of talking about it and it's almost impossible not to talk about it and so I think that's part of why I thought it'd be good to kind of just touch base and sort of share where we're at with it and um when we were talking I think it was last week um I had a I had a I had a day where I had a bunch of conflicting emotions and I had really some really good news and some really good stuff going on and I just felt this overall Level of sort of stress and frustration and anxiety. And I remember talking to you about I felt really bad about feeling stressed and irritated and annoyed because if I look at my life on balance, I'm so incredibly privileged to have these problems. And I realized that, you know, thousands and millions of people have much, much, much bigger problems. And so you said something to me that I felt was really profound.
1: Yeah, it was actually something I got from, you know, from my wife, uh, who is great. She was going to school for psychology, get a PhD in psychology. And uh, she said this to me once. She said, your deepest cut is your deepest cut. And what she meant by that was, you know, it's pretty easy to play a comparison game and look at other people and say, oh, they've got it so much worse or, oh, they've got it so much better. Like, what are they complaining about? And, you know, in reality, that comparison game just isn't profitable because at the end of the day, you know, your deepest cut is your deepest cut. Your biggest challenge is your biggest challenge and your what you've been through in your past um, is unique to you. And so, you know, trying to gauge your pain or your frustration or um, some of the negative feelings and emotions that we all have from time to time. It, you know, it's not profitable to gauge them against other people's because I think, um, you know, the, the point I, I, my wife made to me and the point I think I made to you was that if you do that, it really prevents you from processing what's happening. Like if you're always just kind of kicking the emotional can down the road, like you can only do that so long. And, I, and that's a, a bit of a crutch that I think we all use. And it's especially easy to do that right now in our current situation.
0: And I remember when I called you, I remember feeling like the overwhelming sense for me was shame. Like I felt embarrassed that I was even complaining about these things that were irritating and stressful, but so trivial by comparison. And I really appreciate that you normalized that feeling for me of it's okay to feel those things. And it doesn't mean that other people don't have it worse. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person for feeling them. And so that kind of deepest cuts or your deepest cuts was provided a lot of relief for me. And I think that there's been a number of times in my life where I try to sort of be a little bit more objective to my emotions of instead of trying to control them of whether it's jealousy or anger or any sort of, you know, strong visceral emotion that the instinct for me is to sort of over rationalize and to try to control it and to try not to feel it of, I don't feel like I have the permission to feel this emotion or I don't feel justified to feel this emotion. So I'm just going to not feel it. And ultimately that turns into me trying to control something that is uncontrollable and I don't get relief from it. I'm not successful at doing it. And the only thing it makes it is sort of prolongs whatever the experience is. And I think for me, I, I'm trying to, I try to get into a position where I can sort of look at my emotions more objectively and sort of witness them. So much like a sort of rolling stream, you can kind of watch it go by. Um, But you don't have to get in it. And so to kind of watch these emotions and and sort of look at like, oh, yeah, you're really anxious. You know, why are you anxious? Is there anything you can do that will make you feel less anxious? Um, I felt like my heart rate just spiked as I said anxious. (laughs) My my body's like, I'm ready, I'm ready. We're what what are we anxious about? Um Dad, You're triggered. It's so triggered. And then <laughs> uh and then if you know, if you sort of stand, you know, using the sort of stream stream analogy, if you stand in it and try to hold the water back, um, it's it's not very successful. And so for me, kind of getting into this this sort of place of of witnessing it and recognizing it and not judging whether those emotions are justified. And I think that looking at when you sort of kind of parroted back this like it's okay to feel these feelings and like it doesn't make you a terrible person and you're not a total ash hole for complaining about it it made me sort of just look at it and then they kind of just sort of went away and dissipated and I was able to have a little bit more of that that objective sense of it and also sort of the relief of I got to just witness it instead of I was like trying to like tame it
1: yeah I um I'm glad to hear it because it's definitely been something that's been helpful for me as well. Like I, um, underneath my fairly chill exterior, there's a fair amount of anxiety. Um, and so it's funny, like you talk about the stream analogy and it reminds me, So one of the things that I do to sort of combat my anxiety and that I've been doing, you know, especially in our current situation uh, is to do some meditation. And one of the things that, or one of the concepts that gets drilled into you, uh, is that, you know, when you're meditating, when you're trying to clear your mind and focus on, you know, your breath or your mantra or whatever it is that you're focusing on, but whatever you're doing to clear your mind, um, you know, thoughts inevitably come and there. Sometimes they're good thoughts. Sometimes they're bad thoughts. Sometimes they're feelings. Uh, of a variety of, of, uh, across the spectrum of, of emotions. And, um, you know, the key is to when, when those emotions or when those thoughts come across your mind, you know, if you fight it, if you uh, focus on it, if you try to analyze it and figure out why am I thinking about this, or you're making judgments about, well, it's bad that I feel this way. It's, you know, it's bad that I'm not able to focus, uh, it's when you're pouring energy into it, uh, it actually has the effect of making you think about it even more. And it pulls you even further off, off of your goal, which is to try to find kind of that place of clarity and, and uh, clearness. But as soon as you just, you acknowledge the feeling or the thought, you note it, and then you let it pass without trying to make judgment or without trying to to focus on it or fight on it. Um, that's when that becomes successful. And I think, there's sort of this element of acknowledging, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm feeling bad and my feelings are valid. Just even that process of, of noting that and acknowledging it for me, it makes it so much easier to just let those things go. Like it's, it sounds simple, but it it's crazy how well it works, especially when you practice it.
0: I need to get in the habit of doing it more. I think every time I meditate, I feel amazing afterwards and i agree with you the more you do it the better you get at it and at the same time i'm just garbage at being disciplined about doing it consistently
1: yeah it's definitely tricky um i know there have been times when it's been easier or harder for me at this point it's sort of hit a, a like required for survival stage you know like on days when i don't meditate I get way more wound up about what I read in the news or what happens at work or, you know, how long is this going to last or any of the other things that are like, it's our food supply at risk? The million different things that can cause anxiety. Like, well, on the days that I don't meditate, those things just feel crushing. Um, so that's kind of been helpful for me. It's just, it feels like an existential threat to not, but Um, at the same time, like it's also a weird time and things are crazy busy. And even though it's so important to me, there are still days when I don't do it because of, you know, urgent, urgent things here, urgent things there. So I don't know. It's, it's definitely something I would recommend. It's like, it's just, this gets into a whole conversation about habits, I think. Mm Hmm. Which I don't know if we want to we want to delve into that because that's like a whole episode and series and podcast all of its own. I think
0: probably. I think I've I've asked a lot of people. Um, I think that in my in my social circles and people that I know. I sometimes have the capacity to kind of be an emotional lightning rod for people. So helping them kind of ground a little bit, helping them sort of balance or helping them process what they're going through. And you definitely help me with that. Um, and I try to, it, I am so appreciative I try to do it for others. And so I've been asking people like, how are you doing? What, like, what are you feeling? Like if you don't feel comfortable talking about this publicly, like message me privately. And I think that like everyone's having very strong emotions, and a lot of them are really undefined like they're just emotions they're emotions that are not necessarily tied to an a cause that's easy to identify which i think makes them much more stressful and much more intense cuz there's no sort of immediate fix it's not like oh i you know i feel you know someone slammed the door in my face and i'm angry because of it like those are very very easy to sort of unpack but when it's just like i'm just angry or you know i'm just you know, I feel completely alone or isolated. I think that people who are living in a multi-person household in quarantine, you just, all you want is like peace and space and a little bit of time away. And the people who are by themselves, you know, just are so deeply missing that connection. And so I think if I could share one thing with the world is that just feel it, just feel it, just look at it. You don't have to explain it. You don't have to figure it out. If you have ways that You know, for me, if I feel really anxious or if I feel really out of control, I find a thing that I can control. And maybe it's really small. Maybe it's organizing something. Um, But just finding a little way to sort of give myself that sort of sense of control and relief really can kind of help tame some of those really big feelings. But I, I am so sad for the world because I can tell that there's so many people who are just in this like really extreme distress. And... I can't fix it for them, but I can only share that whatever you do feel, don't feel embarrassed. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't hide it. Um, it's sort of the like let it out into the light. Like tell someone that you feel close to. Like even if you feel embarrassed that you feel however you feel, I think the more we try to bottle it up and the more we try to control it, just the sort of the sicker we make ourselves during this time, which is really, in- <laughs> it's just really intense in, on so many levels.
1: Yeah, I think that's really good advice. And like, you know, it's it's funny because I'm also not necessarily somebody who opens up super easily. Um, You know, like there's a certain there's a certain level of closeness that I have that I tend to be uncomfortable with. Like I um, like I just tend to be more private about a lot of aspects of my life but it's interesting that you know as the sense of isolation grows um the more gratifying i become i find it and the more helpful i find it to be you know a lot more open and a lot more willing to share things that i might not have been willing to share before and that's actually been super helpful in a lot of ways i think um you know, not the least of which is, you t- You know, you mentioned how it's easy to feel like there's so much that you can't control, right? Like the situation we find ourselves in is just so massive that it's easy to feel like you're basically just getting tossed everywhere by it and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, but there's something about, you know, being able to talk to somebody and open up and share what's going on inside that actually... I don't know. It's helped me feel like more in control, you know, like I feel empowered because, you know, now I am using this level of control that I have of sharing or not sharing what's inside of me. Choosing to share it has actually been really empowering. Like it's helped me to feel like, Oh, like I am in control. I'm in control of the relationships around me. I'm in control of, you know, how I share, how I'm feeling. And ultimately like, um, It's helped me to realize like I'm in control of how I feel too. You know, it's helped me to, it's helped me to be more optimistic. And that sounds, I think, maybe a little froofy, but it's the weirdest thing because it's totally worked.
0: I think, I mean, you, you know that I like to find a silver lining in just about anything. But one of the things that I have realized about this experience is the need for true human connection because we've sort of been deprived of it in so many forms that we're used to sort of find being able to access it has, has sort of so fundamentally changed the way at least my community operates. So because we can't, um, because pretty much the only place we can sort of go, especially in like the condos where I am, we have very small balconies. So there's no one has a backyard to sort of self-isolate in. And so people are out um, in the neighborhoods and it's not busy, but people are very mindful of giving people space. Um, And so, but at the same time, there's been this, like people make eye contact, people wave, people say hello um, in a way that they never did before. And so it's this weird thing of we're, we're being asked to sort of physically distance and yet like we're still finding a way to sort of connect socially in a way that six months ago that never would have happened. Like people wouldn't have even looked up from their walk. And so I think that there's been, we've had this kind of opportunity to f- to realize that this sort of synthetic connection that we get through social media and through sort of all of these online channels, we've realized that like it's sort of like simple carbohydrates. Like it doesn't really fill us up. And now that we've lost kind of that in-person being able to see people's facial expressions and just sort of be near people that we care about has sort of reminded us like that, that's the real, like that that's the real currency that we operate on. So it's, it's been really weird to sort of watch that change in, in my own neighborhood of people being, you know, when I, when someone moves away from me or I move away from them, there's sort of this extra reach of I'm not doing it because I'm afraid of you. I'm not doing it because I feel like you're a threat to me. Um, And to be fair, I mean, there's plenty of times I've gone running where I've decided to spontaneously cross the street because something looks like trouble. Um, And that's something, you know, as a, as a female, I have to balance for my safety. I mean, as anyone does. Um, And so that's something I'm, I'm particularly hyper vigilant of, but to sort of watch people, you know, I'm moving away from you, but I'm, I'm making the point of acknowledging you because I'm doing this because it's my way of showing that I'm moving away from you because I'm caring for you instead of I'm moving away from you because I'm afraid you're diseased. Um, there's a real, there's been a real shift there. And I think that that's something that is really exciting to see. And I, and I hope that that's something that we don't lose when life goes quote unquote back to normal.
1: Yeah, I, I, um, I actually have noticed that a lot. Like we've started going on a lot more walks. And um, yeah, it's interesting that, you know, a few months ago, you know, people in our neighborhood have always been friendly-ish, but now people really go out of their way to make eye contact and to wave. And um, and it is interesting when people move away, like it's it's this very like polite and almost like caring thing, right? Like, hey, I see you coming. I'm going to give you a wide berth because I care about you. Um, uh, you know, it's, so it, it's funny, cause it makes me think there was a guy that I knew years ago who, um, we, in the companies that he would run, he was a, he was a startup CEO and he would do this thing where he would pick somebody in the market, like could be a giant company, could be like a same size company. It didn't matter, but he would just pick somebody and he would make them the bad guy. Like the big bad Fortune 500 that we had to, uh, that we had to unseat, or it would be you know there's this uh, this little competitor you know that like they're gonna they're no good right their tech is bad and it's not gonna work as well as what we've got and like we have to stop them like their business practices are bad whatever reason didn't matter, but he would just pick somebody. And in the process of doing this and, build, and building this narrative, it actually pulled the company together because we were all, now there was like this common enemy that we were trying to fight and it put us all on the same team. Now, as a business strategy and a culture strategy, I think there are major pros and cons to this approach. Um, but I think we're seeing that on kind of like a macro scale, right? Like it's almost like wartime mobilization, but the bad guy is, this faceless disease. And we're all in this together, right? Like we all have, you know, either we're at risk or our loved ones are at risk. Uh friends, you know, our friends are at risk. And we're all, you know, we're all in this together. And I think, you know, that's kind of what you see, what you're seeing when you're going for a walk, when you're spending time with people is, you know, we're all, we're all fighting this together, we're all in this together. And I, you know, for as many bad things as this has brought along. I think that unification has actually been like a really good thing. Like, I think it's helped to bridge a lot of divides that existed previously. Like, not that they're completely gone, but, you know, there definitely has been sort of like a rift between people of different ideologies in recent years. And I feel like those rifts are a little bit closer together than they were a couple of months ago.
0: Do you think that, that I agree with you? I think I agree with you more on sort of the micro community level. And I think I disagree with you sort of on the macro national or world level. Um, I think there's something really magical about sort of reintroducing yourself to the people that are around you, whether that's people that you know really well. Um, But I, I mean, I've totally been that person who's in the middle of a phone call, who's like trying to get through the checkout aisle, um, who's just been like a real jerk. I mean, I've, I've, I'm not proud of it. I've tried to be really mindful about not ever doing that again, but I've been that person in the, in the past. And I think that, you know, I've made a point of, if I, if someone has a name tag, calling them by name as a way of acknowledging that you are a person and I see you. And now these people, um, you know, in the grocery stores who are checking out groceries and, and are, are, are like heroes. Like they are national. Like they are keeping. They are keeping our worlds round and fed. And and I'm so thankful that they are willing to sort of be on the front lines. And I I think it's nice to see them be recognized because I think that we've gotten into this ha- habit of being so busy and so caught up in all of this stuff that doesn't matter that we sort of stopped seeing the people in our community. Um, you know whether that was my neighbors that you know are in you know, a six block radius of my house or people who are in the stores. Um, and so I'm, I'm hoping that we get to keep that, that closeness. Um, time will tell, but I, I hope it's not all for naught.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. And I think that's a, that's a great point.
0: So what's your deepest cut,
1: man? Um, I don't know. I'm super, super stressed about work. Um, you know, not because it's going poorly or I feel like my job is at risk, which is why like the deepest cut conversation is valid because relative to so many other people, I recognize that I have it pretty good. Like I have a job. I have, uh, um, you know, knock on wood, everybody that I know is still you know pretty healthy and um like it's all those are all good things like i'm in a community that's being really responsive and supportive but you know at the same time like i i'm super stressed about work i'm super stressed about um like it's a, you know it's a challenging business environment that's made my job harder for sure um i'm stressed about the fact that i you know, I love my wife so much. She's an extrovert. I worry about my ability to keep her sane on a social level <laughs> because I'm not quite as extroverted as she is. Like, these are all just things that are, um you know, that are hard right now. But, um, and I think it's okay to acknowledge like, yeah, they're hard. I'm stressed out. It's, uh, there's a reason why I need to meditate every day. But, you know. We're, we're gonna be okay
0: And I I echo you on the deepest cut there because work is really stressful and I think for me I'm going to try to get out of the habit of every time I sort of need to vocalize and process that um, I'm some of the processes out loud I can't that's just I've always been that way. Uh, I'm a real talk it out person and so when I sort of need to talk out, how to manage the stress or how to solve the problems that I'm solving. Every single time that I've said, oh man, I'm so stressed out at work. I'm really struggling with X, Y, Z. I have immediately followed it up with, oh, but I'm so lucky to have a job. And, you know, I'm really, I'm so thankful. And I know that there's much worse problems. Like I'm still trapped a little bit in that cycle of feeling guilty for having those feelings. So I think for me, the next time i say or next time someone asks me how i'm doing i think i'm just going to sort of say how i'm doing without qualifying but here's all the reasons i shouldn't feel that way cuz i think i'm still doing that and i i think that i i can sort of acknowledge the deepest cuts are your deepest cuts but i don't think i've fully internalized it where i can just say this is this is how i'm doing and i don't need to apologize for how i'm doing
1: yeah. yeah. That's really good. I mean, I mean, you saw me struggle with it. I mean, you heard it just now, right? Like you asked what my deepest cut was. I told you what was stressful what was hard. And then I immediately followed up with like, but, but like at the same time, it's really, uh, it's a hard thing to just acknowledge the feeling. I will say one of the interesting things though about, um, you know, as much as I can acknowledge my deepest cuts, I also know that they're not that deep because there's something about, you know, once I vocalize it, like, oh, I'm, I feel better, right? And and now I can say, well, yeah, you know, I'm not like quite as stressed as I was 15 minutes ago or like five minutes ago. And like, actually, life is pretty good. Like, I, I genuinely, like, in my heart, I'm like, oh, no, like, I'm okay. Like, this is okay. That's a hard thing like do i wish i wasn't stressed do i wish that people were just like lining up to you know give me business like absolutely but
0: like i'm okay i'm well, you, okay you kind of have to uncork it right i think if you yeah. just try to like let a little bit of it out and like put the lid right back on it doesn't really sort of get the job done. Like if you can kind of just air it out and say, this is how I feel. And I'm not apologizing for it. And I'm not saying that other people don't have it worse, but I'm just acknowledging that this is what I have going on. Um, I I definitely feel the same way of when I can say it out loud, I can sort of process it and look at it in a different way than when it's just rattling around in my head.
1: Well, and this actually brings this to mind for me that, um, You know if people don't know what's going on with you they can't help you you know so um you know going back to your story about when you were talking to me about you know how how you were feeling like if you had opted to just think to yourself and sort of ruminate on how crappy you felt and you had never vocalized to me like hey i'm feeling kind of crappy and like i feel crappy about feeling crappy you know, I wouldn't have been able to share like the wisdom that have been shared with me, which has been helpful to you, right? Like I wouldn't have been in a position to help you. And I think that there is an element of, um, and the fact that I've been able to help you has actually made me feel better about whatever situation I'm in. Right. So like it's this total win-win scenario where, um, because you were open about your feelings. Like I was able to be helpful and now I feel better and you feel better. And it's a, like a net win. Uh, so.
0: And I almost I mean, didn't. I almost yeah. didn't call you because I felt so embarrassed of, I was afraid of your judgment. And I think that that's something that's funny of every person who I've asked, how are you? And they say, whatever they're feeling um, no one else has qualified to me oh, but, you know, here's why I shouldn't feel this way or here's, you know, no one else has qualified it with, oh, but other people have it so much worse. They just answered my question. And not once have I thought, oh, man, who are these people to have these feelings? And don't they know that there's something like there was zero judgment on my side. So it's interesting to me that I was so afraid of judgment of that that you or someone else would say oh my gosh, you're so incredibly privileged. How can you not see that? I can feel this way and also acknowledge my privilege at the same point, but it's been interesting of the people who have not apologized or have not qualified and how I never once have thought any sort of negative judgment towards them at all.
1: Yeah. It's kind of one of those things where, um, you know, you're always your worst, your worst critic, right? Like, um, there's like a certain amount, there's a huge amount of grace that we extend to other people that we just don't extend to ourselves, especially with stuff like this. I think, you know, we admire, uh, at least for me, like I really admire people who are very open and honest about their feelings and their thoughts, you know, to, obviously to a point, right? There's, a, there's like an acceptable level, I guess, but that's kind of an unnecessary qualification, I suppose. I respect people who are honest about their feelings, even if their feelings are negative. Um, And even if, you know, there's, it's demonstrative of like something that somebody could think of as being like a negative trait. I admire that honesty. And I feel like people who are honest about that, my perception is like, that's somebody who's self-aware. And I really respect that. But at the same time, when i try to do the same thing i look at myself and i think man you're such a schmuck like what are you like why are you telling people this like you look like such an idiot and they don't want to hear about that from you or they're going to judge you so harshly like they thought you were cool but you're not cool anymore like that's still the narrative that's that i fall into and it's the craziest thing that you know somebody else it's fine for somebody else but if i do it terrible and it's ridiculous And I wonder, like, it makes me wonder now that we're talking, like, how many opportunities have I lost because I was unwilling to be honest? Like, how many opportunities to deepen a relationship or to be helpful or to, or like, have my honesty inspire honesty in others? Like, how many of those opportunities have passed because I was too afraid of what other people would think if I was honest about those things?
0: I don't know. Being vulnerable is scary. It just is. It's. I think it's. It unlocks so much in so many ways, but it's scary.
1: It's. It's very uncomfortable.
0: It feels risky until it pays off.
1: Yeah, and then you're like, "Oh, that was such a good idea. I'm brilliant."
0: Well, and I think that that's something that you know, in doing this podcast, even right now, like you have learned to lean into it more. And I think we both have, like we've realized that I feel some like even the times where I call you and I am so embarrassed about like the next words that are going to fall out of my mouth, I do it anyways. And I 100% of the time feel better for having done it, that I've sort of now trained myself that kind of sort of bearing the soft underbelly and be like, hey, I'm going to say these things that maybe don't make me sound like a great person. Please don't judge me. Um, And having that sort of be protected and and have you sort of help me kind of work through whatever those feelings are like has trained me like that this is okay. Whereas going the path of I'm just going to sit alone with my thoughts and be miserable and beat myself up about, you know, my trash way of thinking that never like uh, that 0% of the time has that ever made me feel better. But I think it's really interesting that you said in you helping me feel better about the way I was looking at my perception of my world and my situation at that particular moment in time, that that made you feel better. I hadn't ever thought of like, I knew that I walked away from it feeling a thousand times better, but I never thought like, Oh, Nate's going to feel so much better after he helps me sort this out. So I I've noticed in this time of uncertainty, there's a couple of things that have really helped me. One of them is sort of, I don't know. I don't think I've over-indexed on control just because like my life in many ways, sort of feels a little bit unimpacted compared to much bigger shifts in other people. So it's been less of like my world kind of being a snow globe that's been shaken up. Um, and so because it feels a little bit more regular, I I haven't felt the need to control. But what I have noticed is I have felt the need and the desire to be as like as of service as I can to other people. So reaching out to people, I sewed a bunch of masks for people who are in, you know, maybe have compromised health, um, and, and made them to sort of the highest standard I could obviously not medical grade, but I tried to do, you know, I've donated money to help feed people who are out of work in the service industry. Um, and I've just tried to, you know, I've, I've sent spontaneous like happy birthday money to people that I know whose businesses are closed. Um, just as a way of sort of saying like, Hey, I see you and I'm in a position where I can support you a little bit. And I have taken, um, you know, part of it is it, it, there is a selfish motivation to, I'm not doing it selfishly, but it's being reinforced as sort of a selfish behavior. It makes me feel really good. It makes me feel really good to help people. And I have to be a little bit careful of, Sometimes I sort of overindex on that, and then I deplete myself to the point where I'm no good to anybody. Um, and I'm trying to kind of rebal- <laughs> rebalance that a little bit. But I think that if you are feeling that this time is debilitating and stressful, find a way to help someone else, even if it's the even if it feels like that's the hardest thing you can do because you don't have the bandwidth to help yourself. But like, ask somebody how they're doing. You know, send somebody a card. Like do something to brighten someone else's day because i will tell you you know i donated some money to help feed service workers it 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 spiraled into my donation then inspired another 600 dollars of anonymous donations in a day and like being a part of that it's not why i did it i just it kind of came about in this just sort of random act through another friend it made me feel so incredible. And like, I will never meet those people. Those people will never know that it was me. But just to know that like somebody felt like someone out there was looking out for them and that for just a second, they weren't alone in this. And I think that if you can find a way to sort of bridge that connection, it might make you feel better.
1: Yeah, I think that's really awesome advice. Um, It's definitely something that, you know, Is you've inspired me to do more in that direction, because I definitely think there are opportunities where I could be helpful where I'm not right now. Um, But you know, we all could use a an opportunity to feel better. So, I love that, and I think like my my thing would be I'd already talked about earlier, but like meditation. Man, that has helped so much, and it continues to help so much. If you have done it in the past you should definitely get back into it if you've never done it before you should absolutely try it. there are lots of really accessible ways to get into it. I really like headspace um, like I feel like that's been super accessible it's you know you can modulate how much time you spend doing it it's it's been fantastic but whatever you do however you decide to go about it, um, I would definitely recommend that like it just helps to be in touch with what's going on in your brain and and um, give it a chance to rest give it a break
0: I love headspace also promotional consideration not furnished by headspace but Correct. I'm just gonna was... <laughs>
1: we are not sponsored by headspace but I am kept fueled by it so
0: but we would love to be um I think it's great <laughs> I think it's made for me it's made meditation so bite-sized and so approachable and so um i i find it inc- i find uh, andy's voice incredibly soothing and also just the understanding the underlying concepts like videos that sort of teach you what it's about and the sort of the judgment free of like some days you'll just have it under control and you'll have this like very like peaceful experience and sometimes it's like kind of like you know wrestling jello where you just kind of can't get a grip on it um, and that all of that is okay. And it, it isn't about perfection. It's about just giving yourself a, a little bit of space. And for me to be able to find results in 10 minutes, it's really easy to say like, Oh, I don't have an hour. I don't have, you know, this, I don't have that. And it's like, I literally can find so many 10 minute chunks in my day where I've either talked to someone on the phone, or I've scrolled Instagram, or I've done something like that. So to just carve out it's only 10 minutes and it for me what i really love about it is it's almost like putting an extra layer between me and things that make me stressed or anxious it's like it's just a little bit of extra buffering capacity i'm a little less reactive i'm a little less um it takes a little bit more to kind of get my emotions sort of fired up and it just makes me feel like this kind of like this extra layer of sort of calm and focus. Um, and it's, it, I really, now that I'm saying this, I'm going to commit to getting back into daily meditation. Cause I, I know that I need it as well.
1: Now I'm going to try to do more nice things for people because that sounds amazing. And I could totally use that kind of pick me up. So
0: it feels really good. I, I mean, I, I can't completely take credit for sort of this, like doing good for other people is selfish. Cause that's kind of C- Kristen Bell talks about it a lot of like, she's like, Hey, I do this because it makes me feel feel good. <laughs> like I'm constantly being reinforced to do this. And so, um, you know, almost even like if it- there's
1: an, it's almost like there's an evolutionary, you know, trigger there or something. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's, uh, what drives us as a society and allows us to create societies? I don't know.
0: And I think, I think at a most basic level, it just makes me feel connected. You know, me telling you the things that I'm embarrassed to say out loud about, you know, what I'm worried about or what I'm stressed about, like, it makes me feel less alone to kind of say it out, out loud. And so I think finding those moments of connection of whether you're you know, paying for someone's groceries anonymously or whether you're sending a text message to a friend. It's just that I see you, you are not alone. I am not alone. Um, and, and sort of everybody wins.
1: Yeah. I love it. Well, any, uh, any parting thoughts? I feel like, um, you know, we've, we've ranged far and wide on this, but, um, Hopefully there's some good actionable stuff in here. Um, but yeah, any, anything else you want to talk about before we wrap?
0: I don't think so. I think that I the only thing I hope for people is since we don't, depending on sort of where you're located in the world, quarantine looks very different for for everybody. In California, they've extended our shelter in place orders, so we're not going anywhere for many more weeks as it is um, they've closed all of the like parks and state recreation areas so everyone is being asked to stay in their homes as much as possible and I think that in this sort of looming uncertainty of how long will this last find a way to make it work for you you know either you know if you want to sit around and reach the end of Netflix because it makes you happy do it if you want to, learn a new hobby because it makes you happy, do it. So whatever those things are, um, it looks different for everybody. I'm not a sit around and wait for the time to pass person. I'm always someone that has 17 things going on at all times um, because that's the way I choose to live. So just we're in it for a while. Find a way to make it work to the best of your ability. And if what you're doing right now isn't working, try something new.
1: Yeah, that's a good thought and uh yeah like it's it's a tough time but uh you know reach out don't uh like feel free to reach out to us if you're listening to this and you feel isolated like reach out uh, we i would be happy to talk to you um, i sure emily would be happy to, happy to uh, be there as well so anyway um percent. Keep, uh, keep on keeping on, everybody. Um, delighted to have you listening to us. Hopefully we've been able to be helpful uh, in some small way. And um, yeah, you're great. Keep on going.
0: Thank you for listening. For show notes and links to any resources we mentioned on today's show, visit megamathradio.com goodworkingorder. Want to share your thoughts on the episode? Follow us online at Megamouth Radio. Until you join us next time, we hope you stay in good working order.